And to a lesser extent with South Korea, uh, they, they have a shared interest maybe on North Korea issues, not necessarily on all the China issues. Uh, but uh, they, they would push back on that, that, that the alliances, especially with those two partners, had frayed. Uh, I, I would say that's very much a wait-and-see kind of issue because they're – we don't know how long the Japanese prime minister will have his job. The South Koreans are waiting for the United States to have mm -hmm. a new North Korea policy, and everyone's <laughs> waiting for North Korea to take its next aggressive action. So, uh, and also keep in mind the, the, the root, the tensions, really serious bilateral tensions between South Korea and Japan right now uh, over uh, disputed islands, over the, the historical issues that everyone's familiar with as well. Uh, so I, I would not be very optimistic that the U.S. could magically get South Korea and Japan to, to be on friendlier terms and thus cooperate with the U.S. on China-related issues in a trilateral fashion. Ross, thank you very much indeed. That's Ross Feingold, Business Development Director at SafePro Group in Taiwan. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. U.S. stock index futures are rising in Asian trading after the Fed meeting. That is helping, uh, helping Asian stocks. Uh, the two big beneficiaries in Japan, the Nikkei 225 up 1.5%. Uh, in South Korea, the Cosby is up about 1.1%. Uh, the SX200 in Australia is off slightly, about a quarter of a percent. Looks like the Hang Seng is going to add about 240 points at the open this morning. Thank you very much for listening this morning. Do please stay tuned uh, to Back Chats, which is coming up next. Hugh Chiverton and Nixie Lamb presenting for you. The weather forecast for today, mainly cloudy, uh, sunny intervals during the day. Maximum temperature around 27 degrees. It'll be rather warm during the day in, in the, uh, the next couple of days. 22 degrees right now, 93% relative humidity. Coming up to 8.32, here's Samantha Butler with the half-hour news. A senior North Korean diplomat has condemned attempts by Joe Biden's new administration to make contact with Pyongyang. The first vice minister for foreign affairs, Choi Sun-hui, said approaches by the United States would go unanswered until it dropped its hostile policies. Here's the BBC's Laura Bicker. Choi Sun-hui said this was a cheap trick to buy time. She added that the Biden administration was putting forward a lunatic theory about threats from North Korea and what she described as groundless rhetoric about complete denuclearization. The US Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, and Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin are due to hold meetings in Seoul today and meet the South Korean President Moon Jae-in as the Biden administration tries to formulate a strategy to deal with the North's growing nuclear arsenal. The Canadian government says China is expected to put two Canadians on trial within days. Former diplomat Michael Kovrig and businessman Michael Spavor were detained on the mainland in 2018, which the West sees as an apparent retaliation for the arrest of Huawei executive Meng Wanzhou in Vancouver on fraud charges. The two Canadians are accused of espionage. Mr Spavor and Mr Kovrig are scheduled to go on trial tomorrow and Monday, respectively, according to the Canadian foreign minister, who said that Ottawa's Beijing embassy had been notified. The dispute between the European Union and Britain over the availability of the Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine has deepened as supplies run short. The European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen has threatened to withhold vaccine exports to countries outside the EU that don't supply them in a reciprocal way. The British government said it hadn't blocked the export of a single COVID vaccine. The Foreign Secretary Dominic Raab accused the Commission of brinkmanship. 
We expect that those assurances uh, and uh, legal contracted supply to be respected. Frankly, uh, I'm surprised we're having this conversation is normally what the UK and the EU team up with to object when other countries uh, with less democratic regimes than our own uh, engage in that kind of brinkmanship. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Back Chat. I'm Hugh Tewitt and your co-host today is Nixie Lamb. Nixie, good morning to you. Good morning. Today we're talking about Hong Kong livelihoods and the latest from Myanmar. The Executive Council has approved uh, fare hikes of up to 12% for bus operators, saying all are facing severe financial difficulties, while at least two will continue to lose money despite the fare increase. And there's also speculation that taxi fares will soon increase by some 3 to $4. The bus rise was announced at the same afternoon as the latest unemployment figures with a jobless rate for the three months ending February reaching 7.2%, the highest level since 2004. Earlier, the authorities also decided the minimum wage would be frozen at $37.50 an hour until its next review. That's in 2023. Well, with increasing transportation expenses, few job opportunities and no increments in the minimum wage, how are the underprivileged coping in our city now? Do you agree or disagree with the fare hike? Are the poor getting hit hardest by COVID in Hong Kong. Let us know your thoughts. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat and RTHK Radio 3. You can email us, backchat at rthk.hk, or you can call us on the number is 233-88266, 233-88266. And uh, later we're going to be talking about the latest situation in Myanmar, especially as those attacks have occurred on Chinese-backed businesses uh, in the country. We'll be uh, hearing an analyst uh, talking about that. Once again, our email address if you want to talk about uh, livelihood, grassroots issues in, in Hong Kong, backchat at rthk.hk. Uh, just before we get into that, uh, we've got, a, as, as ever, a variety of uh, emails. We've got some on kind of international issues, which maybe we'll put in between the two topics today. But on the, the subject of uh, COVID, uh, Ronald, uh, in an email, says, people in Hong Kong have to wake up. We need herd immunity achieved by vaccination as fast as possible. How long shall the people in the tourism, catering, aviation and other industries being unable to make a living and provide for their families. Bookings should be totally full. We have five and a half million people eligible for vaccination, but only doses for a bit more than a million in town. And there are still vaccination, vacant vaccination slots. It's a joke. The government should grant special privileges for vaccinated people immediately, like dinner only if you are vaccinated, no quarantine when returning from travel, etc, etc. That's the only way people will wake up and get vaccinated. We have to get this back to some kind of normality. That's from uh, Ronald. Mike says, with the subject line vaccine, are the new cases from the gym and HSBC presumed post-COVID with no system or are these people all sick? If the former uh, is it we have more herd immunity than we think and uh, Tom uh, Dr Lee is a, a doctor in uh, Australia that I, uh, we were talking to uh, yesterday um, there was some uh, confusion over, over the numbers of Australians who've been vaccinated uh, uh, and Dr Lee says uh, dear Bakchai I apologise happy to be corrected he was correct about the latest numbers of Covid vaccinations in Australia I've referred to an out of date source for my information about your vaccination take up in Australia uh, as the number grows up rapidly each day 
As for the issues about vaccination uptake, the pharmaceutical companies, media outlets and government information outlets have the responsibilities to provide clear and fact-based information. Both anti-vaccination groups and the nationalistic sentiment-based uh, sentiment COVID-19 vaccination misinformation movement have systematically perpetuated lots of fake news in social media around the world. The undecided individuals need more than just clear and succinct epidemiological-based information from health professionals. They require simple and relatable narratives to understand and to develop more popular discourses to promote vaccination in social media. Problem with lack of trust in the government and the institutions cannot be underestimated. I said it would be very interested to see how the vaccination programme does compare in different regions and countries in 12 months' time. That's from Tom. And finally, Jim says, uh, Good morning, Hong Kong. After obtaining a negative COVID test result on the 2nd of March uh, this year, I returned to the US on the 4th of March. On my arrival at LAX airport, not one person checked nor viewed my certification certificate. Not one. Leading me to an assumption that the US requirement for a negative test is not serious and will not be an effective deterrent to the importation of COVID into America by air travellers. I scheduled an appointment for the COVID inoculation for 2.30 on the 12th of March. Due to being given given incorrect directions to the inoculation centre, I arrived at 2.45. On entering the centre, I was informed that my vaccine had expired. I decided that I did not trust these people and left the centre without an inoculation. Now the southern American border states are experiencing a serious uncontrolled invasion of illegals along the borders from California to Texas. None of these people have been tested for the COVID virus. Hong Kong, in comparison to America, Asia is doing great. Stay safe. Stay distant stay in compliance that is from jim thank you very much indeed bankchat.rthk.hk uh email address joining us to talk uh, primarily about uh, transport issues and the uh, the fair rises in the first part of our program this morning before uh nine o'clock we have with us now richard Choi, spokesman of the coalition to monitor public transport and utilities uh from the society of community organizations and hung wing tat uh, now honorary fellow of the society hong kong society of transportation Studies is an honorary associate professor at uh, Hong Kong University Civil Engineering Department. Uh, Richard Choi, good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks good morning. For, for, for joining us. Um, do you understand this, this argument that uh, the bus companies have to be allowed to, to uh, keep going, um, we don't want them to go out of business, and this fare increase is necessary for them to stay alive? I think uh, from the general public's uh, point of view, uh, this is a bad news that uh, because uh, at the present stage, Hong Kong is still uh, in a very bad economic situation with the highest unemployment rate in the past uh, 17 years or so. Uh, we actually haven't seen any significant improvement in the near future. So uh, at this uh, critical uh, period, uh, the fair increase uh, of the um, bus companies uh, definitely would have negative impact to the uh, general public's livelihood. And uh, also, I think the percentage of increase is basically a 110%. Uh, so uh, it's, of course, uh, much, much higher than the present uh, inflation rate, um, income in, uh, increase rate, uh, even now is a negative uh, uh, income um, increase. So overall speaking, 
啊，你都是在其实风费开，啊，或者啊，费用贵，啊 ，we of course understand， 啊、uh, ，the present situation of bus company also have a difficult time， but 啊、uh, ，I think the， 啊、uh,。Because of pandemic or、uh, other、uh, situation,、uh, I think not just the bus company, a lot of industry, uh, uh, companies, um, uh, uh, other you know business also、uh, experience、uh, this kind of、uh, deficit or uh, uh, difficulty. So um, I, I still not satisfied that the government. Uh, try to you know、uh, push the burden to the general public、uh, with those vacant assistance、uh, to the public. Uh, so uh, generally, we, we we think the government need、um, basically to、um, be considered to have more relief、uh, to the general public as as likely would or assistance, so as to uh, uh, you know.、Uh, Uh, compensate for the uh, coming uh, in, uh, transport uh, fare increase. I also、uh, want to add that、uh, I think from April、uh, this year, not just the、uh, relevant bus companies uh, would uh, increase the fare.、Uh, we also see like the MTR,、uh, that is the uh,、um, most of the Hong Kong、uh, passengers need to you know.、Uh, Uh, take every day.、Uh, the MDL because of uh, the uh, uh, finish of the、uh, fare reduction or the concession、uh, for the past several months. So I think from April onward,、uh, we、uh, also see there is a real increase of the MDL affair.、Uh, Uh, also, sorry, so, just just on uh, that, I, I just yeah, on, yeah. sorry, just、yeah. on that. I think the the the, the public transport fare subsidy scheme is, is actually being extended. It's not going to end in in April. Well, the, the、uh, government's uh, uh, public transport、uh, fare subsidies,、uh, I think, just remain the level as that of the、uh, in in the previous few months. So, with the、uh, actual. English for NPL and also the bus company. In the coming months, that would definitely would have a、uh, a quick burden to the general public. Um, just one question that was always in my mind on these uh, financial uh, problems, because I think their advertising side is on a different company. Is it under a different company, under a different financial system? So, does it count into the the fair income or anything like that? Do you know? Yeah. Advertisements、um, on the buses. That that was like 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 big, a big chunk of income, isn't it? Yeah. Of course, we understand that、uh, the bus company is also facing financial difficulty, but um, uh, you you. Uh, also, need to understand、uh, that this is the, the overall situation of Hong Kong, or maybe many other parts in,、uh, of the world uh, at a、uh, present stage. That this、uh, can't be caused of the uh, uh, pandemic or uh, other situations that all of us face、uh, financial difficulties.、Uh, I think, of course, including the.、Um, 
uh, under 50 caste peoples in Hong Kong. Uh, lots of uh, uh, no jobs or uh, uh, salary cut, uh, no pay leave, uh, this mm. So, uh, but judging from the overall situation, of course, uh, the uh, major bus companies, uh, they have a strong financial backup uh, mm. by their shareholders or their owners. So uh, that's one, one, one form we need to, uh, we also hope that our government understand that uh, uh, facing difficulties, at least for the property to suffer. But, but then uh, the bus company may have their uh, way to, you know, um, uh, uh, invest uh, more uh, to just to lift uh, the financial uh, difficulty for the company, but not you know, uh, shifting the burden entirely. To the so, so, Nixie, you, you're suggesting that they're, they're underestimating the profit, basically, because the, yes. when they're doing the calculations yes. on the fair rise. Yes, because I heard that saying, I'm not really sure about the situation right now, where yeah. all the advertisement income was counted into another account under another company that was actually, well, well on the buses anyway. But um, the fare, yeah. you will always have a loose anyway if you only count the bus fare. So I'm not really sure whether the situation is still same right now. All right. Hong Wing Tat, good morning to you. Good morning, Hugh. Do you know anything about that? How they calculate yeah. profits? How they calculate. I think you, we don't have another separate data uh, from any other source. <laughs> uh, it's just a matter of whether you trust the government's accountants or you destruct them. Uh, for any income, for example, um, the advertisement and uh, maybe other broadcasting income, the I believe that yeah. at least partly would be returned to the bus, franchise bus company. Of course, you have different companies run all this profit-making business, but um, I don't think government would be so stupid to provide a public venue, now buses and bus station or public venue, to a um, totally separated uh, entity attached to the, to the bus company and make profit and run away. I don't believe that would be the case. Um, so partly all this income, at least partly, if not full, would be back to the uh, franchise companies account. So, 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 so you think the bus companies are are in serious trouble? Or they they have significant every, financial every problems. But but also not. why? I mean, what's this? I can't see that COVID still would, goes to work. But exactly. Exactly. You you job you you look at their figure. They job significantly the passenger ridership. Even the MTRC for the first time mm. in operation, they are in deficit. How can the bus company sustain if the MTR already is the major transport mode? They, they suck up more than the, I believe it is uh, approaching half of the uh, passengers. Is, is that because uh, the schools are closed? So is that because of schools closure or why? People working from home? Is that yeah, government a uh, number of times, even government uh, civil servants not working at home. Okay, so the core point, all the other employ employers, uh, to as far as they can, to allow 
employees to work at home. Uh, we can see empty buses even sometimes, even the MTRC was quite empty at the time mm. uh, of the pandemic peak. Mm. Of course, now it, it is better. So would it get better when everybody got vaccine or something like that? Yeah, everybody expected to be better. Mm. And everybody, I mean, for not those every, learned everybody people, wants to get for <laughs> learned people, we all understand that there must be adequate number mm. of the residents that get vaccinated. Mm-mm. Otherwise, there would not be any herb effect. Yeah. So, like it or not, if you, you want the economy to resume, we have to have the vaccine. Of course, there would be risk somehow, mm. um, but Sinful. everywhere in the world is taking that risk. Mm-mm-mm. But our strategy, as compared with the mainland China, mm. I think we will have to review because in mainland China, they first of all, getting all those active um, youngsters to have the vaccinated first because they, they, do it, they're going everywhere right. and they are active. Unlike the elderly, the elderly stay in <clears throat> the most of the time stable or maybe stay there at home. So their strategy is getting the youngsters go first. And so the figures... I mean, the strategy figures is very, very low. But in Hong Kong, we're taking the different approach. I think that has to be revealed. Right. What, what about the question that this, just when it comes to the fares for the for, for buses, perhaps for the MTR, and perhaps I for taxis, as we to... say, is this really the time to start putting them up by 10%? Making... You have no choice, Hugh, because they... The government has the full responsibility to make the public transport running. If any of these public transport franchise committee, uh, uh, company, although they were under tycoons, but you understand that the tycoons were not, uh, they're, they're not the welfare uh, association. Okay, okay well, well, here's an email. This is from uh, Hugh. Uh, who says, uh, this is with a W, uh, Hong Kong has always had too many profit-driven bus companies. There, need, there needs to be just one bus company that is a municipal corporation owned by the Hong Kong government. Look around major international cities and the best bus companies are not private. Why not look forward to the superb municipal bus companies in Japan? Well, can we, we can learn a lot. I have an immediate response to this. Um, I think those we have a, a very critical uh, assessment of the affordability. Okay, that is one of the criteria that the government has to make a political judge mm. what is affordable. Mm. So I would think that you have to target those people who, un- who, who cannot afford the increase of the uh, bus fare or even cannot afford the current level now. I would think that you target those people. I don't think that the middle class or above would need any government subsidy. But then if the government making a scheme, a blanket scheme, as long as you travel more, that public transport subsidizing scheme would apply. So for those travel more, you have more subsidized. It's not for those who are in need to have more subsidized. That is the problem. Oh, okay. So I would suggest that you, you would make just like Song 1, Song 2, Song 3, Song 5. Okay, for Song 5, those uh, public housing a poorer community. They are free. You provide them a free ride card so they would be 
able to afford and it would have a positive impact to the property price in those areas. Okay, well. but, and you t- so you target, okay, so you target by geographical area, it's an interesting suggestion. Richard Choi, what it do you think of these? Well, yeah. it would be easier. I, I think, of course, um, this, this is uh, always uh, the uh, thing. The government should, uh, you know, uh, try to have a new idea for the, how to about the uh, ownership and management of the public transport in Hong Kong. Uh, uh, indeed, even before the uh, uh, pandemic, uh, the bus company uh, actually sometimes also face uh, difficulties, financial little difficulties, uh, because of the rapid uh, 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 increase of, uh, of uh, passengers for the MDLC. So it's getting uh, difficult to compete with the MDLC uh, as such. Um, so I think uh, even whether uh, we should, you know, uh, uh, try to uh, make the uh, 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 company to become part of the uh, public, new, new public transport. That, that is uh, one thing only government in the law needs to consider. But I think the short one, I also wonder, uh, we see in the past uh, uh, six to July uh, months, the, the government also subsidized the M- part of the MDRC's affair uh, and resulting in the reduction uh, of uh, totally 20% of the MDR affair uh, for passengers. Uh, so this is, of course, mainly with the government's uh, subsidy uh, to the MDR affair. So... But at the same time, we didn't see the government uh, uh, make the similar uh, subsidies to the bus companies. The, the resulting, uh, of course, uh, uh, is uh, the bus companies are uh, even more difficult to compete with the um, uh, MDL. Uh, 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 of course, that will be part uh, that resulting from the quicker uh, financial difficulty of the bus company nowadays. So, we also think um, whether the government should, in the uh, coming uh, months, make another uh, subsidy to the bus companies so as to um, uh, set off the, uh, um, the increase uh, in the uh, bus fare uh, uh, in the coming months. So there is a lot of ways uh, we think uh, the, the government can work with the bus companies. Uh, 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 in the same time, and really, uh, you know, uh, relieve the burden or not increasing the burden to the general public. Okay. But the government uh, actually failed to take the similar measures with that of the MDL. All right. We don't know why. Another, another email from Philip, uh, who says, Good morning, Backchat. How many of the bus companies are actually owned by real estate companies? The same goes for the MTR. It's really just a property company running a train network. That comes from Philip. Hung Wing Tat? Yeah, of, of course you, you need some sort of, uh, uh, some sort of course uh, subsidized scheme. I can't, I, I, I don't use the subsidized really because um, they have strength by collaborating with the, uh, with the properties um, owner or, or um, you know, management. Uh, they have a strength because um, they reinforce one another. 
But what I want to bring up is the point of subsidization you're talking about. We actually, I don't think the government is subsidizing anything, if you, if you look at it uh, in detail, because they earn money. The government earned a lot of money from the MTRC. There's nowhere in the world that the, public, the government would earn money from public transport, but our government is one. Um, if you ask the government not to earn money from public transport, pull back the money gained by the MTRC. You know, they, they have a lot of uh, dividends every year, and they have a lot of... Uh, because they're shareholders, yeah. I mean... So if you, if you ask the government lay down a policy, it should not be a gain from public transport operation. It should be at least a zero uh, gain and then pour back all the money into improving the public transport, including targeting those unaffordable. I always think that I, I don't think it is a, brand, a blanket type of subsidization is good enough because I don't need subsidization really. I am honest. And then I would think that in the community, probably would be about 10% would really afford this sort of current fair level. Because to be fair to the Hong Kong government, the current public transport fair level is one of the cheapest in the world. Okay. Just one more uh, email. This is from uh, someone who signs themselves Tommy W., to distinguish myself from your regular correspondent, also named Tom. Tommy W. says, It's ridiculous that bus fares are going up, just as it was ridiculous that buses were allowed to decrease frequency on their routes. The whole point of social distancing goes out the window when that happens, and if bus companies are actually in trouble, why transfer the burden to the long-suffering public? If these companies are struggling to such an extent, the government should take the funds earmarked for the White Elephant Project, such as the Third Runway and Lantau Tomorrow, and subsidise them. As I say, it's from Tommy W. Thank you very much indeed uh, to... Uh, I guess Richard Choi, spokesman for the Coalition to Monitor Public Transport and Utilities, and uh, Hong Wing Tat, honorary fellow of the Hong Kong Society of Transportation Studies. We're going to be joined by Silai Shen from uh, SOCO after the news uh, at nine, talking more about uh, the effect of uh, COVID on uh, grassroots here and also talking about Myanmar and developments there. The weather, mainly cloudy, uh, low visibility, 22 degrees now, humidity is at 92%. Listening to the news on RTHK. Welcome back. This is Backchat on a Thursday morning with Nixie Lam and me, Hugh Chiverton. We're talking about uh, how um, the poorest in Hong Kong are faring uh, in the in the uh, current COVID uh, situation. We were talking about uh, transport fare rises in the first part of the uh, programme. Uh, there are other issues as well, uh, primarily uh, unemployment, uh, with the news that uh, that's reached the highest level since 2004, uh, and also that the minimum wage is not going to be uh, increased. We'll be talking about that also going to be talking about developments in uh, in Myanmar um, we want to hear from you backchat at rthk.hk is our email address or you can call us on 233 uh, Tom this is I think the original Tom uh, can I call you Tom G uh, says I'm confused why the Hong Kong government pours billions into Alan Zeman's old pet project Ocean Park which hardly anyone goes to and has mostly been shut down but doesn't bail out bus companies which are an essential service and relied upon by the poor in Hong Kong this bus fare increase does not make sense on the subject of vaccines and the new listener cadre in Hong Kong I've been listening to and sending in comments to Backchat for years now I think it's great that Hong Kong has given us democracy in our vaccine choices 
for one that truly believes that voting with my feet is the best democracy there is, being able to vote with my arm is a great addition. As we've lately seen in America, in many ways, ballot box democracy is one of the greatest marketing scams of all time. Receive a meaningless one in a hundred million vote every few years, and then you're stuck with a bad product, no quality control that you've agreed to go along with no matter what. I prefer to vote on what the government actually does, actually provides us, safety, security, and organised society, and simply move elsewhere if I don't like the package I'm given. This gives me 100% control rather than, say, of one in 300 million. That is uh, from Tom. Thanks very much indeed for that. Backchat at rthk.hk uh, is our email address. Uh, we're joined by um, Silai Shan, community organiser with the Society for Community Organisations, uh, Soka. Ms. C, good morning to you. Hey, hey, good morning. Thanks very much indeed for joining us. Let's talk about the unemployment maybe first. Uh, we're talking about 7.2% um, uh, for the uh, three months uh, ending uh, in February. A very yeah. high figure and a very high yeah, figure. Very high. We're not used to that kind of in, in Hong Kong, are there? Uh, I mean, how do you cope? How do NGOs cope? How does the government address uh, just uh, the short-term kind of needs of people who are unemployed now? Actually, um, if you would get uh, the elections in a different sector, some sector even higher, for example, those uh, uh, working in the restaurants, they, they are over 11. Uh, I think it's 13. And then uh, uh, construction uh, uh, sector is uh, uh, over 11 uh, and percent. So actually, it's, uh, and also I think in grassroots, we have the survey is uh, over 20 percent of them unemployed. And those unemployed is around uh, 60 percent, something like that. So it's very serious, actually. Uh, everyone uh, in, in the grassroots is uh, um, in really uh, poor situation. And some of them, actually, even before, they are, they are middle lower, but now uh, uh, um, drop to uh, the, the lower class or something like that. So more people are um, unemployed, underemployed, so the, their financial situation is really in crisis. So um, and everyone expecting the government, they, they do something. But we can see actually they do so little and 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 reject and reject the um, unemployed uh, um, assistance and um, and now they receive the news uh, they increase the transportation fare and so everyone is so angry. What what sort of uh, support do you think the government needs to provide at this moment? Uh, actually, they just uh, say if you are unemployed and if you are Liberty, you just go to uh, apply for the CSA. So, um, so uh, you know, it's very difficult to apply for that because uh, it's, the criteria is very strict and um, the process is very complicated and, and many document requirements and and many of them actually they don't. And besides, the labeling and some of them actually, if they are unemployed, it's very hard to to to, to be qualified to eligible to apply for that. So it's uh, 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 um, not realistic to only to have the one way for these people, and this is not a way for the people to solve the problem. The government's focus has been really on the the employment subsidy scheme, you know, encouraging employers to to retain staff. Do these figures show that that was mistaken? That was the wrong approach, or it's, that it's failed, or, or what? Or would it just be much worse without that? I don't think so. Actually, I think. I think uh, now it's very special, uh, a difficult situation. Uh, even the employer, they have uh, problems. 
and uh, um, even we should directly subsidize the uh, uh, worker, and they do have the difficulties. And of course, some some uh, employ, uh, employer in some sector they also have the problems, and especially those those uh, need to uh, obey the rules uh, uh, and restrictions uh, arranged by the government. Mm-hmm. So, so I think the government they should compensate for those uh, sectors. I heard like um, some of the sectors in in the first schemes on supporting um, the companies. Uh, some of them, uh, some of the employer uh, employee didn't actually receive the subsidies. Yeah, so I think so, I think the first is if they uh, have the uh, those uh, uh, subsidies, they should go to the, those uh, companies they really suffer, and mm. they should have two two uh, uh, fund. One is for employer those mm. really have suffer, and then. One is directly to the employee, so so we can make sure they they have the funding for those uh, employee and directly to go to their bank account. So being like more targeted rather than yes, like, like yes, the supermarkets yes. are getting all yeah, the funds. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> time is too much, and they have to run. They they actually they the money go to people they don't need it. Mm-hmm. One way or another, the government has spent a lot on, um, you know, subsidy and support and stimulating uh, the economy. You can argue about, you know, perhaps where it's gone, but certainly it, it, it adds up to a lot. And I guess the general approach is that, uh, you know, employment in things like uh, catering, that will pick up tourism-related industries, that will pick up when, when COVID subsides and construction resumes uh, and things like that. Um uh, and there's really not much that can be done in the meantime. There's only you can just tide people over. Uh, do you understand that approach? Uh, yeah, and I don't know. And also, there's a discussion uh, whether we need to put so many restrictions uh, or uh, ban those uh, 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 um, like restaurants uh, or even the people um, house of catering, all the things. Um, because uh, it really uh, affects those uh, people, they they do survive. Not only say they have a good business, and our people every time the government they have the restriction, they they immediately inform them to stop the work, and in most immediately they have no job to do. Actually, they are forced to not to work. So I think the government they do need to think about uh, when we anti the virus, and then but whether we can have something to. Uh, do good protection, and then at the same time we can run the business. Yeah. Because they did change their mind on the lunchtime openings, for example, didn't they? After <laughs> after seeing the effect yeah. on grassroots workers, so maybe they could apply the same principle to yeah. I- in other places. On the uh, on the question of transport fees uh, on Facebook, Low says or Sukin Low says disagree. If bus companies lose, the government can buy their shares, like MTL and CX. Uh, Carl says the bus service in Hong Kong is totally notorious extremely long waiting time and uh, commuting time uh, that's uh, from Carl uh, backchat.rthk.hk our email address again our Facebook page backchat on RTHK Radio 3 um, uh, Missy what about the, the, the minimum wage so that's not going to be uh, increased that's going to be frozen uh, for the next uh, couple of years uh, now at uh, 37 uh, and a half dollars. Um, inflation is, you know, pretty low uh, at the moment. What do you make of uh, that decision? Uh, 
we are really disappointed. disappointed. Actually, in the uh, real real life, is uh, the invasion of food uh, uh, is very serious because uh, we uh, our kind they find getting expensive to buy those uh, meats, uh, vegetable uh, they cannot afford, and uh, even uh, some of the land also increase the rent. So. Um, uh, and of, besides, uh, some of them they are working hours reduced, or or even uh, uh, even some of them, of course, they are employed. So uh, we think um, actually they they should increase the minimum wage and and review it seriously. So you can see that we don't know why some of them you allow them to to raise it. Some of them they are just frozen. Hmm. I think some of the employer were quite in a difficult uh, situation now, so yeah, it might be quite tough the, if the minimum uh, wage raised. Uh, I see uh, in the bus company, those people, they, they, they don't have enough uh, that, um, uh, uh, business, so so need to help them to raise it. And then if that, you can see, actually they are among those unemployed or underemployed. So the government, they should need to have some subsidy for those affected uh, uh, employer or em- employee. So rather than increase the fare and then make the oldest people they suffer and then they need pay more. Because for, for this in time actually, m- most of those workers uh, they are not able to afford anymore. Uh, so, w- what exactly would you like the d- government to do, like in the short term, like this week or or, or next week? What should be the priority? Some, they should have some assistance, some direct uh, assistance uh, uh, funding for those employed uh, affected employee uh, worker. Yeah, for those workers, they can and some more targeting. How would they find those? How would they identify those? That's always that's never straightforward, is they it? They can apply. Just just now like they okay. have their just the, the subject, they have the new scheme on loan scheme. They need also to need to screen those people, they are unemployed, so they can apply. Mm. So so you can see the government, if they want to uh, introduce a policy, they can they can screen those people. Mm. Yeah. So not only the, the ones that has jobs, the, yeah. the, the ones that already lost their jobs, say, to yeah. have another scheme of loaning money. Yeah. How, I think they, mm, go on. We don't we we don't think for those lower cars they, they use the loan scheme. They should really have the 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 uh, the fund to them. But those funding directly give to them, not not loan to them. Yeah. Okay, well, Silai Shan, many thanks for uh, joining us uh, this morning. She's a community organiser uh, with SOCO, with the Society for Community Organisations. Um, thanks very much indeed. Uh, our uh, uh, email address, once again, backchat at rthk. Uh, dot, uh, HK. Uh, okay, here's, a, here's, here's an email which is a, a question for Nixie. This is uh, from uh, Matthew. It's nothing to do with any of our topics, uh, <laughs> but um, well, we'll, we'll, we'll put the question anyway uh and it's a bit kind of like yeah off off the as i say off off the topic um uh matthew says uh recently influential mainland scholar chan fei long says that hong kong 
doesn't need loyal rubbish in leadership roles in a direct reference to the failure of the DAB and other pro-Beijing elite over the last 20 years to provide accurate counsel to the party and to progress livelihood issues here. Uh, now that all opposition has been purged and jailed, we still see the Hong Kong pro-establishment butchering basic critical livelihood basics like the vaccine rollout and putting the powerful vested interests of bus company owners and their profits ahead of passengers in a time of unprecedented economic crisis. Is it any wonder that Beijing is so annoyed and frustrated with the local pro-establishment leadership and has decided to replace them with new Hong Kongers or first-generation mainland immigrants who they perceive as more competent and trustworthy. Given this, does Nixie think there is still a meaningful role for the DAB in Hong Kong and particularly for Western-educated politicians like her? Will the DAB adjust their approach to stand up more decisively for the interests of Hong Kong people and take on issues that conflict with and upset powerful vested interests like the bus companies or leave it to Alice Mack, the FTU, and Bohemia Party in the future. That's <laughs> from, from a, Matthew. A path for the Bohemia Party. I, I, I do think, um, I think there's a very long, so a lot of things that I can answer for that, but I think mainly is that uh, we used to like a very, very election oriented party and we're actually focusing on a lot of like grassroots services and uh, and local district matters or or some of the electrical matters but never actually involved in much of the governance side so i think for the future for dab is basically we have to also look for uh, look to cooperate with the government in the governance uh, uh, governance side so um it's it's more like a upgrading ourselves. So um, um, the Professor Tian, I know him personally. I don't think he has a bad intention of that, but I think being honest and, and tell people what we need to do in the future or, or what, what some of the people might think of us uh, for the pro-establishment, I think it's, it's just something that we should accept and, and listen and, and to see how can we upgrade ourselves. So for any political party, you, if the situation changes, you have to adapt. I don't think that's a problem for DAB to adapt. I mean, we raised uh, quite a bit of a campaign around town. You can see a lot of banners and stuff on um, encouraging people to voice their views on how to change, um, how to reform Hong Kong in a way. And and we actually touching the very difficult questions like tax reform and things like that. A lot of people are not very happy. Like my my mother-in-law is not very happy with with what TV actually raised out, and she talked to me about her points as well. I think that is that is something that we we we, we dare to bear on on our shoulders and actually start start talking. Okay, some uh, other emails on on uh, different subjects. Um, uh, as I say, there's a, we have some on international issues and, and more on the vaccination programme. Paisley says, I don't think I've read this, I entirely agree with fellow listener Ronald, who in his email this morning suggested that the government needs to encourage Hong Kongers to get vaccinated by uh, effectively uh, rewarding those... Uh, who opt for the programme. For example, anyone who has completed their two-dose vaccine could be granted quarantine waivers when they return to Hong Kong from overseas trips. Mm. And the government could also restrict access to crowded indoor venues, such as restaurants, gyms, cinemas, etc., to individuals who have been vaccinated. That uh, is uh, from uh, Paisley. Maybe that's something we'll take up um, tomorrow. We'll see. Um, on other issues, Mike says, uh, news media, who do you believe? Newsweek and much of the multimedia, including RTHK, claim 
Uh, Russian President Vladimir Putin approved operations that harmed President Joe Biden's candidacy while aiding then-incumbent Donald Trump during the 2020 US presidential elections, intelligence officials said. However, several federal agencies on Tuesday found there was no evidence of any foreign government interference or manipulation in the 2020 presidential election. That contradicted DOJ's claim last month that a number of countries, China, Russia, Venezuela, Iran, North Korea, were directly involved. Yeah, so who's going to ask the question, who do you believe or trust? Just shut up and take your vaccine. Even if governments around the world are calling these jabs vaccines, they aren't technically vaccines, the actual stuff doesn't fit CDC's, AMA's or anyone else's definition of a vaccine. At least no medical scientific definition I've been able to find. If we call them vaccines long enough, some might even think they are vaccines and not emergency use experimental spike protein agents. My point being, are you like me getting sick and tired of being lied to. That is from Mike. I got my vaccine yesterday. Oh, my first you? dose, yeah. Okay, good, good, good. Uh, Andrew K. And no effects? Are you feeling fine? Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm totally fine. Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have my makeup on. Like, nobody can see, but you can see me. <laughs> I looks fine. <laughs> Andrew K. says, uh, with the subject, no help needed. Uh, listening to Blinken say he is standing with the oppressed residents of Hong Kong is a total joke. I think the residents of California living in tents and using the street as a toilet are more in need of his attention than we are. What planet do these people live on and who do they think uh, is listening to their trash? His time will be better spent on the out-of-control North Korea, but maybe Biden is not up to speed on that yet. Uh, that's from uh, Andrew Kay. And uh, Candy says, uh, Hi RTHK, Australian politicians pushed the fake narrative of the perceived hardship of Muslims in Xinjiang. They deliberately do not want to draw attention to the rights of Muslims on home soil. In Australia, Muslims face serious oppression by Australians in the form of hate-filled graffiti, vandalism, verbal abuse, online abuse and hate mail, physical assault, arson, death threats and widespread violence against mosques. I hope that the white people who speak on your show or write in will not deliberately ignore the hate crimes of Australians. The findings of a new academic study below paint a grim picture of serious discrimination and a rise in hate crimes in Australia. Mosque attendees in Christchurch in New Zealand before the 2019 uh, attacks reported similar experiences and that's a, a, a link to a story in the uh, South China Morning Post uh, on uh, graffiti and uh, arson deaths in Australia and violence against mosques. Candy says it's disappointing that even Australian people discussing issues related to minorities on your show do not address the serious oppression of Muslims uh, in Australia. That is uh, from uh, Candy. Thanks very much in, indeed uh, for that. Once again, backchat at rthk, or hk our email address. Um, also, um, TC... Uh, on uh, Facebook uh, is responding to uh, Tom G. Uh, I think about uh, democracy. TC says, I vividly remember having a discussion on this subject with you. I don't disagree with the idea that American voters are offered bad options every four years, but at least they've a choice. The people of Hong Kong have no choice about, about who to lead their government. I disagree with the idea that there's no quality control in American politics. The 2020 US presidential election was a form of quality control on Donald Trump. The congressional election held 
held in that year was also a form of quality control on the representative senator of their respective side. So where's the quality control on Carrie Lam, as well as those who represent the people of Hong Kong, as there hasn't been a LegCo election since 2016? That comes uh, from TC. That's uh, backchat at rthk, uh, .hk. A uh, comment from, uh, uh, this is from Philip, uh, who says with the subject line, uh, Labour and Welfare Sector, uh, Secretary uh, Lo Chi Kuang, uh, maybe off topic, but how many civil servants have taken unpaid leave with the number of arrivals down to under 2,000 per day through all entry ports? What are all those immigration and police officers uh, now doing, uh, says uh, Philip um, that's something I hadn't crossed my mind, actually. I think <laughs> I don't think any um, uh, civil servants are taking uh, unpaid leave. Uh, that's uh, that's uh, my understanding uh, at the moment. Uh, once again, if you want to uh, join the discussion, uh, you can email backchat at rthk.hk. Uh, or you can comment on our Facebook page, or you can uh, call us. Your calls are very welcome. Our number is 233 88266, that's 233 TC on Facebook also says, the situation in Myanmar is a great example of paradox for many sides. For Western liberals, how do you square with the fact that their goddess of democracy is the face of genocide against the Rohingya people? For Democrats, how do you square with the fact that the people of Myanmar overwhelmingly support a political party behind the genocide, according to the most recent election. For uh, ASSK supporters in Hong Kong, how do you square with the fact that she signed a statement supporting the Hong Kong uh, uh, National Security Legislation, NSL? That's uh, from TC. Thanks very much indeed for that. Backchat at rthk.hk. We were hoping to talk about uh, Myanmar in this section of the programme. We've just got a few... Uh, minutes left, Nixie. Uh, I was just wondering what your thoughts on um, district councillors, because you you were a district councillor for many years yes. uh, in in Wan. It seems like the district council's political functions are going to be um, curtailed, uh, reduced yeah, yeah. a lot by by not being allowed in the election committee. What what would you feel? How do you feel about that? Not really sure. I actually uh, had a discussion with uh, Tom Yu Chon on another interview yesterday, <laughs> asking the same questions on. On whether that will kill our opportunities, uh, or, or at least like like the latter on how you you become a district councillor first and then electrical or whatever, because I mean it, it's sort of like you're you're totally non-political in the future for district council. But if you read the uh, basic law, it's actually they clearly stated that like local local district organisation shouldn't be anything related to political like um um or rights or anything like that. You're only allowed to be advised on a lot of the district matters, uh, including like um, what like uh, like like parks or or clean, uh, all the tidiness of the, of, of the districts. So I'm not really sure on what the final decision will be, but it will be interesting. On I think the whole of the current um, um, like like organic system of the product establishment might have a big change or re-ramp. Um, because I mean, if if the election system is different than all the organisation that's related to a lot of our um, district, um, like uh, like leadership, might change. Because the, the the path was certainly with the pro-establishment, and I guess with the Democrats to a lesser yeah. extent, because it's less kind of centralised. 
is that people would be would be district councillors first, and then they would move up to legislature. Yeah, like mostly, not everyone. Like Holden Chow didn't do really do on that path. Like he's already like the leader for the Young DAB uh, before he becomes a district councillor. He used to come on this program yeah. once. Yeah, so, yeah, he used to come on this program <laughs> <Right>. regularly. That was <laughs> so. a long time ago. But carry on. Yeah, <laughs> you're not very happy about it. <laughs> yeah, so not really sure about now, but um, I think it's important to actually clear out. I mean, I mean, at least people knows what the future system is but I think at the moment people are actually looking on the electoral committee how how it's formed because it says that um, the lo local district organization what about some of the organizations that we actually has or some other um, like, like like the pandemics they have some organizations that locally that was helping people will they have any seatings under, uh, under the the future system we're not really sure right now like a women's federation or yeah, whatever things like that things which or, establishment. Or, or or some of them that was helping um like 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 to anti crime or, th or things like that so there's, there's a lot of possibility at this moment nothing we can hurt from yeah because the, the the sort of apprenticeship in the in the district council was kind of very valuable wasn't it i i, I think yeah, it was, yeah. it was because it you have a holistic you, you got in touch with real people yeah you you know what's the difficulties i mean it, it's always easy to say well why don't you do this and why don't you do that but when you are in the district then you have a lot of uh, really weird cases sometimes come up to you then you have to solve that problems and that's a pretty good training hmm. Okay, well, Nixie, uh, thanks for uh, joining us. Sorry we weren't able to bring you our discussion on uh, Burma this morning, but we did manage to uh, read a lot of emails. <laughs> uh, the weather, it's going to be mainly cloudy today, visibility relatively low in some areas with a couple of rain patches around at first. Sunny intervals during the day, temperatures around 27 degrees and the outlook rather warm during the day in the next couple of days with coastal mist in the morning. And at night, the wind strengthening from the north on Sunday. It's going to be cool on Monday morning. The readings now, 22 Celsius and the relative humidity right up at 91%. The Education Bureau provides a non-means-tested annual subsidy for eligible students to pursue full-time locally accredited self-financing undergraduate programs in Hong Kong offered by eligible institutions. In the 2021-22 academic year, the subsidy amount will be up to 33,100 Hong Kong dollars. For details, please search online for NMTSS and visit the designated website. 9.30, the news now with Samantha Butler. The Clean Air Network says after 10 years of trials on using electric vehicles in commercial and public transport, the government still has no firm plan. The head of Clean Air Network, Patrick Fung, criticised yesterday's roadmap for adopting e-vehicles in Hong Kong, saying there was no target for building electric charging stations for commercial vehicles and public transport, which accounted for over 90% of roadside pollution. No confirmed cases have so far been found in the latest ambush-style overnight lockdowns. Over 2,400 people were tested in Sai Yingpun and Causeway Bay, and authorities say they have to retest one of the residents. And two Canadians detained on the mainland are expected to go on trial in the coming days. The Canadian government says the trial of businessman Michael Spavor is scheduled for tomorrow, while former diplomat Michael Coverig will be tried on Monday. They're accused of espionage and were detained on the mainland in 2018. I'll have more news at 10 o'clock.
Stand by for the brew. Uh, sociology prof from the University of Set and Costume Design, great interpreter of Beethoven. As well, oh so shy, quiet, and retiring Doggy Council co founder of Rockefeller Records. Hello. This is really for adults, it's not really for kids. Yeah, well, it's fun, you know. Decipher what's happening behind the myth. Good morning. In depth interviews and also observations. Absolutely no way. On your radio and live online, this is The Morning Brew. Good morning to you. It's Thursday, right here on The Morning Brew with me, Phil Whelan. So, 1010 today, we'll welcome back commentator Steve Vines for this week's look behind the scenes. After 11.30, a little bit later on, Morning Brew vet Dr. Dave Gething will be with us to talk about one thing that none of us hope we ever have to experience and deal with, which is, of course, animal emergency medicine. Join David and Steve on Facebook Live. Morning Brew is our page. And uh, JC Vienz, unfortunately, for the next couple of weeks, won't be with us. He'll be back on his, his new uh, schedule of the first Thursday of every month next month. Thank you. 